Welcome to the My Curious Colleague Podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. This week, my guest is my colleague, Jesse Freitag. Hi, Jesse, and welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for making the time to uh, to be on the show. With uh, I know you've got lots going on, and, and we're going to get right into that. You have pieced together, in my estimation, estimation, such an interesting career. And I think if I had to do it over again, I might try to kind of do it the way you're doing it. So let's let's get right into that and and share a little bit about you and your and this career that I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. So, I am the host of the Startup CPG podcast, which is a weekly podcast for emerging food and beverage brands. It's part of the Startup CPG network. So Startup CPG is an organization that supports these emerging food and beverage brands, usually with one to five employees, you know, in the consumer packaged goods CPG uh, world, which your your listeners know that acronym well. And so, yeah, we're trying to provide resources. And so I do that weekly show, which is really fun. Um, and I've been doing that for this will be my second second year have my two-year anniversary this year. And then I also, I've been in CPG for, this will be like year five of being in the industry, in the food industry. I've been in operations for a long time in a lot of industries, but I kind of moved into the food space about five years ago. And so now I help brands with operations on a fractional freelance basis. Um, I work with Boyle brands and where we primarily help people with finding a co-manufacturer, commercializing a product, we can take it from like not having a formulation all the way through to your first manufacturing run and beyond. And then also helping people get certifications like organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. I love doing all that, uh, all that fun paperwork that most people don't love to do. And then I'm also kind of a productivity tool nerd. And so I do some tutoring and like custom builds of tools like Notion and Trello and love helping people get organized so that they can spend more time doing things that they enjoy. Audience, if you counted, that was three three gigs that <laughs> um, that Jesse's involved in, which I think probably makes it really interesting for you or crazy. I don't know which one, but. Maybe, maybe a little both. Yeah. A little bit of both. Okay. Okay. Well, let's start with the podcast because that's, I think, how I got a little bit more familiar with the Startup CPG organization. It's not so much an organization as it is a really vibrant community of which, like you said, you are our host. I definitely, you know, love when when you're talking to the brand founders and you get really granular because that's where my heart is too. It's almost like Mm -hmm. you're asking the questions and then going back and delving into that the questions that I would probably want to know, even though I'm not an entrepreneur. And I also love when you're doing the uh, first hire series, I guess is what it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like a fool, I sit around and I say, oh, I wonder when she's going to have the first hire consumer care episode. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I-, I know that's probably not in the week works, right? Maybe. And this is what I, I would love that. Oh. 
all right, wait a minute, we'll have to get back to that. You know, the other thing is the founder typically is the consumer care department. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you, I think he's one of your backpack persons, but Parker Olson was on the podcast. He is founder of Forage Granola, right? And when I asked him, you know, if I were to reach out and contact you through your an email or some of his other channels, I said, who is going to answer that? And, you know, he said, I am. And and that's that's and that's the way it goes in those early days. So anyway, <laughs> all that yep. to say, I love the podcast, but also would love to hear your thoughts on consumer care. For some of these brands, maybe it's not that very first year. You know, what are you? What do you remember, maybe, from your experience when you were uh, marketing and operations for Live Bar, and perhaps some stuff you've been seeing through the Slack channels or talking to some of the Slack folks on Startup CPG? What are you hearing about how they perceive consumer care? And let's get granular into channels, tech stack. So that's, there's a lot there. Yeah. Start wherever you want to start. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think consumer care and engaging with consumers is super interesting and it looks so different for so many different brands too. But I remember when we were at live bar and you know, I was the, I was the first hire and there was, I mean, there's two of us hired at the first, you know, first and, and I was the consumer care team. So the phone, I was answering the phone. I was answering the, I set up the hello email, any response about an order, like it all came to me. And, you know, you get such a mixed bag of, especially when you're, when you're trying to, I was in charge of operations and everything as well. And so you're trying to make product and get a production run done. And then somebody sends you an email saying, Hey, I need something. And so it's a lot to juggle. You also get a lot of outreach from service providers and a lot of spam that you have to filter through. And you have to kind of, for me, I had to keep maintaining that lens of like, you know, it's like, oh, the phone's ringing again and kind of have to reframe of like, oh, the phone's ringing again. It might be a customer saying something great. It might be a chance for me to solve a problem. And sure, you do have to filter through some of that, but you have to kind of keep remembering the opportunity that's there to connect with the consumer And so, you know, as we grew, then I, you know, I hired someone to help with marketing. That person helped me then answer some Instagram DMs and Facebook DMs and, you know, answer phone messages and those kind of things. And I think at the time, you know, you'd get like a really nice phone message where somebody's like, hey, this is my favorite product. Like, I eat it all the time. Thank you so much. And people just leave the kindest messages. And I think I didn't maybe think through enough at the time of like how to really, you know, just maximize that or really connect with those people. And so it's been so fun to get to see brands now, like in Startup CPG or guests that I've talked with really understand how valuable those super early advocates you have for and how you can just turn them into long-term partners and friends and like, you know, members of your brand. Like they, they are responding to, you know, a lot of brands like like Oat House, they have like text messages that they send. And I know that they're mass text messages, but I love them. Like they're still like fun to get. And so, you know, like that, when I get a text from them, it kind of feels like, oh, a brand I know and that I love is texting me. And I know that it's, you know, I know that it's not, but it feels like it. Or Nopalera, who was just on Shark Tank in the last few weeks, like 
you know, also has great text messages and emails where like you can tell that the copywriting has been done super intentionally to connect and make it feel personal versus like, you know, a kind of a generic email that you might get where you send an inquiry to a company and says, oh, in two days, someone will review your response, you know, and you're like, did it, did that, and did anyone actually look at that? You know, like, and you don't know. So I see a lot of the brands in our community, like Paul, the founder of Ourobora mentions that even though their team now has, I think they're over 10 people, he is the founder will still at least once a day go into either the DMs or email and just take a peek at what's happening, maybe respond to one person just to stay connected with the consumer. And I love seeing that intentionality too of brands of realizing how important that consume like that customer connection is and and letting that be motivational to you as a founder while you grow rather than just getting bogged down in fundraising or these other things that can be exciting but you know staying true to like this is why we have a brand it's for those end consumers so those are those are a couple examples but i know there's a lot to dig into here wow so a couple things is one you just talked about two two basic tenets of consumer care that we know in like bigco and one of them is these consumers, the ones you talked about that just left a message that they you really either made their day or saved their saved their soccer team because you had the right food to give to ever, you know, whatever it is. These folks can be your advocates. They want to be a part of your journey. And how can you connect with them even more deeply? And so that's that's tenant number one. And the, there's so many other tenants. But the other thing is that response time, right? If you say you're going to get back to somebody on social media in X number of hours, you need to do that. You need to commit to that. And if someone tells you it's two days for very simple requests, you know, maybe we need to really look at that and 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 figure out how people are reacting to that response time. Now, I understand in the beginning it's, you know, can't be immediately for an email, let's say. So there are the two tenets, A plus to you. The, let's talk specific channels. I heard on Live Bar, you mentioned Instagram, Facebook. I'm assuming they had branded social media. Mm-hmm. Was their DM activated on those? Mm-hmm. Someone yep. go into your yep. DMs? Okay. And then, I mean, was that right out of the gate they had social media? That seems to be like yep. maybe the, yep. first, the first channel. You set up the hello email. Hello mm-hmm. at that was like lived on the the website, right? That was mm-hmm. how one could email the company. Okay. You did yep. not have a contact form, contactless form. It was this. I e- think there, I think I set up a side-by-side of like either, like if you like forms, you can do a form that will go to the email or you can send oh. the email, but they went to the same place. Which is you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Eventually. Yeah. Which is you. I mean, one of the things I know from on the form side is you can sort of corner the your new consumer into providing the types of information you know that that you want to know mm-hmm. up front like how would you prefer we we reach back out to you normally it's totally. in the same channel or you know what information on the pack do you absolutely need like is it the UPC code and where it's located so i would say the contact form is not as soft and friendly but you can eat out a little more information so but you had it side by side smart 
Smart. Yeah, I saw someone else do that first. I can't take credit yeah. for that. I remember even once seeing on a website, I can't remember if I implemented it at LiveBar, but they had like cute copy that was like, if you're a form person, this is for you. If you're an email person, this is for you. And I was like, I like that. So it gives people options. Now, here's the question I get the most interesting responses to. Did they have, did LiveBar or some of the other folks you've spoken to, did they have a toll-free number. So like 1-800 such and such, 188, or even a yeah. phone number. So take me through that channel. We did have a phone number. It wasn't a 1-800 or 188 number. It was just it was just a local Oregon number as an Oregon brand. Okay. And at first all of them would get answered. Eventually we the volume was really high. And so some of them would go to voicemail and then we had a plan for, you know, listening to the voicemails and trying to respond quickly. I I would say I don't think it's I don't see it. Not every brand has a phone number, I would say, because it is hard to manage the influx of calls that are not related to your brand or that are, you know, that are spam. To, but the, it is a nice, it was, not, we did make some really good connections through people that called in. They were maybe, you know, maybe they weren't super familiar with email. Maybe they were, you know, they're more comfortable placing a phone call. And we did have some good engagements. Or if someone had like a, you know, if something was really wrong or like they got a product that, you know, say the, something was wrong with the package, it was nice to have the phone and call. And even if it went to voicemail, we could get the transcription right away in Google Voice. And you'd be like, oh, that customer had a problem. We'll call them back right away and troubleshoot it fast, you know, faster than email. Very cool. So Google Voice transcription. So mm -hmm. your phone number was on like, what is that software? Forgive me if I don't know. because Yeah, no, it was we. So the business, we used uh, the Google suite for our, you know, to run email, Google Sheets, Google Drive, those kind of things. And there's an add on. I think it's a $10 a month. You can add a business phone number um, and then they assign you a phone number. And then, you know, you can get them for free as an individual person, too, if you link it to your to your real phone number. But, you know, we didn't want to link it to anyone's personal phone because it was a business phone. So we, we paid $10 a month. And then you get a little interface where people, you can receive text messages, send text messages individually. You'd use a different service if you were sending them in bulk. And then you get all the voicemails and it automatically transcribes them for you, which is pretty cool. Very cool. And, and pretty scrappy when you're starting out. Yeah. Toll-free number, when you talk to like a big co-company, they're like, oh, that's like step number one. And I was talking to Angelo Fields at Cleveland Kitchen and, uh, you know, he was like giggling at me because like we thought that was, that was it. That was going to be the channel because I've done this for a while. That was going to be the only channel we really needed to really connect. And then of course, all this other stuff started coming through, emails, and then, you know, obviously on and on and on until we were social media and live chat and chat bots and things like that. But yeah, or like even apps like like GoNanas, the banana bread company, they yeah. have their own app and stuff. So there's so many ways to connect with people now. Oh, I didn't even well, – actually, I just started using their product as a result of your podcast. Nice. Um, I said, yeah. Normally, I don't like to promote the brands I talk to, but when, you know, when it's that banana bread, you've got to. Yeah. I did not know that. So they have their own app that's Mm -hmm. And they drive and then, like custom discounts to it. So you'll get a text okay. of like, hey, there's a really good sale going on 
in the app, make sure you've got the app kind of thing. And so it just kind of makes it feel really intimate. They've also done on like, it's this interesting place where like consumer care and like affiliate marketing, I feel like are also tying together where you have a brand like Gonanas that's built an incredible brand ambassador program that's not influencer marketing. They may do that separately, but I, I've seen more of their affiliate program where you have people that genuinely come to love the product. You build right. a community of them. You're giving them affiliate codes and and then, you know, and then they're going and sharing with their friends authentically and everything on their brand. And they have such a robust community that they've created that they give extra love and, to, and care to. So essentially by engaging with, you know, brands or with these people so kindly and, and building up this brand love, then it kind of turns into this natural group that can be your brand ambassadors and affiliates. And I think that's really interesting too on the how you interact with your consumers. Spot on. As a community, I know that's like such a great ground for maybe market research too. Perhaps mm-hmm. I don't know the rules. There's a lot of privacy going on, but I love that idea. I've got to I've got to go out on the website and check that out um, because again, there's that's the value of the people who are advocates. It, it's just a win win. Oh, that's so interesting. Ratings and reviews is my last channel. I'm going to ask you about what are you hearing, and did you have a website? with the ratings and reviews when you were at Live Bar? Yeah, ratings and reviews is interesting. It was one of those things that I kind of put off like setting up on the website. And then one day was like, I feel like we're missing something because we're really building up Amazon reviews, which I mean, I think we know that Amazon reviews are important. We participated in like the Amazon Vine program where you can have Amazon's kind of select community of their super reviewers review your product, which is is a little bit of a double edged sword because they're very they're professional. They're like they review people a lot, so you'll get super huh. fans and you'll get super critics because they're so focused on it. So the Vine program was interesting, and I was like, we need to start getting. You know, we're just missing an opportunity not having reviews set up on our website. So I finally set it up. Um, I set it up using Yotpo was the software platform integration mm-hmm. that I used, and like within months, like we had like hundreds of reviews and I was like, this is amazing. And they're all four and five star. And it was interesting too. you know, that was a few years ago. And I I was talking with liquid death just a few weeks ago. And Hamid there was saying that liquid death actually waited quite a while to put reviews on their site. And when they did, they just saw a huge increase in sales once people could see that average star rating and those comments. So I think it's incredibly important. It takes just a little bit of you know, setting up, setting up some email cadences or for when does the customer get reminded to add a review. And, you know, if you're liquid death, you're thinking about your copywriting and how to be fun. And, you know, every brand should be as intentional as well. Like you want to think about how you talk to people and ask for their review and keep it fun and interesting and on brand. And now there's so many cool options with reviews, like to syndicate across platform, like you can use a review platform that will help your reviews be on target.com or if you're at Sprouts, make sure you're on the Sprouts website for customers that are shopping. So you can really make it cross platform. When someone writes a review, it shows up in all these places to kind of keep building the the goodwill. You mentioned some software in there. Can you spell Yotpo? Yeah, uh, it's Y-O-T-P-O. And there's a lot, there's a lot of sites like it. And but, you know, it, it just was really seamless as far as we had a Shopify site connected to connected the two and then set up essentially like a drip campaign of once someone buys, 
send them a reminder on X number of days to write a review. And then some if thens of if they haven't written a review, send them another reminder. If they do write a review, send them a discount code, you know, those kind of things just to, you know, incentivize people. If they upload a picture, maybe they get a bigger discount code or there's a lot of ways to kind of customize and, and play with it. You know, there's really cool programs too, like Social Nature now where you can drive, you know, your consumers get sent a coupon. They get told, they get an email that says, you just got a coupon in the mail. Here's the five stores closest to you to go redeem it. I, I love their program and like do it personally. I'm not like an affiliate of them or anything. I'm just a, an actual super fan. And yeah. so I'm always, you know, they send me coupons. I go and then I, when I, you know, within a week, I get an email that says, hey, what did you think of that product? And you get a pretty extensive survey, but I know that that means I'll get more coupons and, and get to be in the community. And so you fill that out and all the brands, you get all those reviews that you can then upload to your site, upload to your retailers. And so that's an interesting way to get a bunch of reviews you can use online while driving trial in store, which, you know, a lot of brands are also trying to do. It has a lot of legs. I think you And then you talked about a syndicating platform or syndicating software. Is that the actual, like, does that have a, a general name or are you talking about each, like, Target's got one and just take me yeah, through that there, a Yeah, there are a bunch of platforms that will, like, I, I'm I'm trying, I, I can't think of a name that I feel totally confident on off the top of my head. And someone like Yotpo may now do it, but essentially they can connect with, and actually like someone like Social Nature actually has the technology to connect with getting your reviews to Amazon, to Target. So they work with all the platforms for you to get all your reviews in all the all the right places. You really started to touch on the tech stack for consumer care for the for these emerging cha- emerging channels. Um, who's what have you seen? Are there these aggregators? Or are they actual CRM, like classic, you know, consumer relationship marketing, where you you capture the case and the conversation? So what mm-hmm. have what have you seen, Jesse? Do tell. Yeah, there's definitely some different options, and from my own personal experience, like I tried using both like HubSpot's ticket system for managing tickets. So I eventually had like LiveBar's email tie into HubSpot's ticket system, assign a ticket, and then, you know, we could respond and kind of like categorize, like, these are all product questions. These are all marketing inquiries. It it didn't, it wasn't quite the right workflow. I eventually found Gorgeous, which is G-O-R-G-I-A-S is how they spell Gorgeous. And that was a platform that really brought everything together. Your Instagram DMs, your phone calls, your Facebook messages, your Shopify like brought in your Shopify information all into one place. So literally, you know, as our team grew, I could just have someone log into Gorgeous and kind of check on everything all in one place and set up lots of, you know, there was, there's cool AI technology that, that you can teach it to, Hey, when someone says, where's my order, the AI will, you set up parameters of the AI looks for, where's my order? My order hasn't been delivered. It looks for these phrases similar to this you tell it if there's anything else in the email, don't auto respond because maybe they need help. But if that's all the email says, the the computer can go look up that person's email, go look up their order number, and then automatically reply based on the parameters you set of, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Your order, uh, here's your tracking number. It looks like your order was delivered yesterday. Please let us know if that's not the case kind of thing. And you can set up these, you know, you can kind of use AI to help 
manage some of those emails that maybe you know, you don't need to individually reply to if you can use technology to automatically look up what the customer needs. And then it can also flag like, this person seems angry, I'm going to put it in this folder, or this person seems upset. So it can kind of use technology to help you filter through what needs to be answered right now, who are just happy people that we need to keep happy, and, and help you also create like macros of, you know, as your team grows, and you're like, how do we respond when someone asks us about our packaging? You can help it. You can create, you know, scripts of, well, our packaging is made from blah, blah, blah. And, you know, here's a website to learn more. And you build that in so that when someone's going, oh, someone asked about packaging, click packaging macro, populates the email, make sure that it looks good and press send rather than teaching someone to write the same email over and over or copy and paste. You can kind of build those things in. So those were, you know, I, I really liked using that platform. I know there's others like it as well, but having the ability to kind of aggregate and see all what's going on can, you know, especially as you grow and be able to teach employees, you know, a team of employees, how to help handle customer care is very helpful. Very interesting. Which, which leads to me, I, I heard you mention like coding, set up the tech, and all of a sudden I was starting to break out in a sweat. That's <laughs> not really my sweet spot. We're still trying to figure that out. But is that where somebody like you and your third gig as a productivity, you know, geek and expert is, would they, is that easily uh, set up by say someone in your, you know, on your team, or do you bring somebody like you in to do that more, you know, tech, techy stuff to set that up? Like how easy, how turnkey is it, I guess? Yeah, or, like, I would say. Just thinking about, you know, I'm using gorgeous as the example. Yeah, totally. You know, I'm definitely a like, I love to dig in and learn a new tool, which is not everybody. But a lot of these, like gorgeous had an amazing onboarding team. You could set up time with them anytime. You could set up 30 minutes. You could set up an hour. They would literally get on with me and they, I'd be like, I want it to look like this. And they would just show me live how to do it. Then I'd say, hey, can you watch me set this up and let me know what I'm doing? So I think you can, you can have someone on your team totally just utilize the resources available at most of these companies. They want you to be successful with their tool and keep paying for it every month. So like take advantage of their office hours and, you know, ask all the questions, ask them to set things up for you. Um, I'm always amazed, like, you know, of what someone will do to help you. If you're just like, I cannot figure out how to make this work. I'm about to leave your service. And they're like, no, hop on the phone. Let's figure it out together. So I think that, you know, I don't think you need necessarily outside person to help navigate it. I think just really lean on those, those, you know, the salespeople or the support staff you're connected with when you're using a new tool and they'll generally set you up for success if it's the right fit. Excellent. Excellent. So let's stay with productivity because I know that's your third, that's a third piece of your career or one of your passions. So, so um, maybe you can provide one to two tips or tools for anybody who's either a founder in an emerging brand or whose bandwidth has just been stretched. Like I feel that way some days and, and I always think, well, you know, I know I can be using my inbox tools better, like even something as simple as that, but what are some of the tools or tips that you want to, you may want to share? Yeah. Well, you know, I would say I'm a, I'm big on documentation and doc, whether I'm working by myself or whether I'm planning to work with people in the future, I'm just kind of always documenting what I do, how I do it. 
I love Loom, the screen recording tool. Their competitors like it as well. You can record, you know, a bunch of free videos that are under five minutes and, and record what you're doing on your screen. And so I find it just really helpful, especially if you're going to, you know, maybe you want to onboard a virtual assistant to help answer some inquiries, but you're, you don't want to totally outsource something, but you want it to be like, you want them to be part of your team and your brand, like document how you do it, like document your thought process, document the clicks that you're making in a tool and start making like a little library of links of like, this is how I do this. This is how I do this. And so when you add someone new to the team, they can go and look and be like, oh, I have a question about, you know, and they can go click, watch the video, watch you do it, or even record yourself like dealing, you know, say a customer writes in with a tough question, record yourself for five minutes talking through that situation of, oh, we just got a tough question. This customer is upset. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's, you know, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to, you know, here are the considerations. Here are my options as far as how I can deal with it. And then, you know, send that to someone that's helping you because I find like, you know, sometimes as a very tactical ops person, a lot of times it's about the tactics of when this happens, we do this. When this happens, we do this. And that's important to build that up. But if you really want an employee to have autonomy and feel ownership, you also want to give them the like framework of like, okay, the ultimate goal is that the customer feels this way or that they come back. So like these are kind of the rough parameters of you're allowed to send them free product or you're allowed to offer them this and use your problem solving skills of like how you would want to be treated. And that can help save time when someone goes, oh my gosh, this person is upset and you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like I had a, a team member at Live Bar that, you know, I kind of onboarded with like, here's my thinking for how to treat when someone's upset. And in this case, this person ran by me and said, Hey, I had this upset person. This is how I handled it. Was that okay? And I'm like, that was amazing. Like that was perfect. Like you solved that better than I would like, thank you. And she was like, well, it was, you know, it's nice to have, I'm glad I have clear boundaries and that kind of let me just do my thing and be a good, you know, be a good customer service agent. So just having some documentation that people can, go back to. I love having a library of, of little videos. And then also remembering and making part of this, like, you know, we all want to be more productive. We all want to do more, but remembering, like I mentioned at the beginning, like, you know, these are individual humans that you're interacting with. So how, how can you keep that, that in mind and that humanity in mind that I'm interacting with a human right here, another person that's got a whole life. This maybe isn't even about our product. It's maybe about something going on for them. So how can I treat them with kindness, even if they're not treating us with kindness right now and making sure not to lose the human touch in the, in the, you know, in striving to be more productive and faster and, you know, good intentions, but you just want to make sure not to lose that. And my final piece would just be don't, you know, overlook copy, good copywriting as well. Like there's some amazing copyright freelancers in our industry and you can, you know, I've been there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to like send better emails or figure out how to deal with this tough situation. And you can have an expert kind of help look at your email flow or how you're responding things. And they can be like, hey, let's write, let's craft something that's really true to your brand and just do word magic that you can then use long term. So, you know, don't don't hit your head against the wall being like, I need to become a brilliant copywriter to respond to these people. Like, it's okay to get some outside help on those things, too, and, and use someone creative to 
to get the right wording that will help you be effective. Just go go on to something like a Fiverr and and hire somebody if that's what that's called. Yeah, or a Fiverr a or you know, okay. in startup CPG, there's like in the community, lots of people put in, "Hey, I need some quick copywriting help," and there's so many great people right in the Slack that focus on copywriting for CPG. So, yeah, and if anybody need ever needs a, I've got a lot of a long list of copywriters I recommend. So always happy to share those. Get to the end here. We're going to play a game real quick and then do some of the wrap up stuff. So if I were to give one of your founders unlimited time at no cost uh, with a consumer care expert, what do you think the wish list would include for one of your founders or even for yourself? Definitely something like gorgeous, some sort of like way to, to stay organized and then I think I would, you know, would use a, a customer care expert to just really engage with people on the channel that my brand was most focused on. Like, let's say it's Instagram of, you know, finding people that have liked the brand or commented and reaching out to them and giving them a personal touch of like, hey, thanks so much for, you know, commenting that you loved our last recipe. What else have you made with our product? Or, you know, can we send you a sample and an affiliate code or just like really digging into like some super deep engagement and try to start to figure out how to really build a community that can then, you know, grow and kind of take care of yourself. And kind of there's this magic tipping point where you kind of reach this mass of enough people that they kind of become their own ecosystem community where they're advocating for your brand and being customer care agents for you. And so I think I would use an agent, you know, to kind of help help get to that that critical point of helping build up that community and just doing super personal engagement and trying to see, you know, find what people love about the brand and, and doing more of that. Do you have a nonprofit organization that you'd like to give a shout out to, Jesse? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a, a, it's definitely hard to narrow down to a few, but the one that was top of mind uh, recently is the Trevor Project, which is the Trevor, like the name TrevorProject.org. And their mission is to end suicide among LGBTQ plus youth people. And they just neat organization, lots of really good community groups, numbers that folks can call. And yeah, I've just been impressed by the work that I've seen them doing in the community. So I wanted to give them a shout out. Thank you for sharing, sharing that one for sure, for sure. All right. If people want to get to know more about you or one of your many endeavors, what are some of the contacts you'd like them to use? Yeah, definitely. Probably the easiest way to connect with me is LinkedIn. You can just find me, Jesse Fry tag. And, and search for me and you'll see me pop up with the Startup CPG podcast and everything. Um, so LinkedIn is great. I'm in the Startup CPG Slack community. It's free to join at startupcpg.com. You can go enter your name and you'll get a link into the community and you can uh, send me a direct message in there. I get quite a few, but I will, you know, I'll eventually get through through my list of messages and then I do have a website, jessiefrytag.com, where you can kind of get directed to some of my productivity work. Um, I work at Boyle Brands and to, you know, my podcast. So, but happy to connect with folks. Love that. 
This has been great. I've been trying to take notes and I've decided I'm just going to transcribe the episode um, and go from there. But thank you again for your time and all your novel ideas. I really appreciate it, Jesse. Thanks for having me. It was great talking with you and appreciate listening to your show and hearing the stories that you're sharing and you sharing your your wisdom and knowledge from your background in CPG. So it's been really fun to get to connect with you and, and talk with you today. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague Podcast with Denise Benito. Thank you for your time.